Welcome to Try, Try Again with Catherine Velez, a podcast dedicated to relationships, the one with yourself and others. A conversation I had with Gina several months ago reminded me of conversations I've had with many of you over the last year. Between homeschooling her kids on a hybrid school schedule, caretaking for her in-laws, trying to show her husband he was a priority, working on a remote schedule at her part-time job, and trying to maintain friendships while social distancing and less-than-personal Zoom interactions, she said she was feeling exhausted and overwhelmed. And she instructed me to not even ask about self-care. Despite her best efforts and all of her energy, she said she felt she was letting her children down and her in-laws down. She was struggling in relationship with her husband, and her job held little interest for her anymore. She found herself tired much of the time and reverting to screens and comfort food. She had also been working on starting a small business. And as we talked about that, she lit up. She talked about the business with such passion. And when I asked why she had stopped pursuing it, the smile slid from her face. Her countenance seemed to darken. She hung her head slightly and said, I don't know what I was thinking starting a business when I have all these other responsibilities. Too many people need me right now. When I asked how her husband was supporting these responsibilities, she laughed sarcastically and said, he's just not good with his parents. It's much easier if I do things. And the kids are used to me doing schoolwork and dinner and things. It's just easier if I do it. Hiring help in the way of a tutor or caretakers wasn't possible because she was certain it would be too difficult to find anyone. And besides, they wouldn't do it like she did. And when I took her back to her statement, she felt she was failing in these areas. She teared up and said, I know, and I don't know why I feel like a failure, but I do. We explored her fear of letting go of some of the responsibilities around her in-laws and her children. She felt a good mom and a good daughter, her daughter-in-law, takes care of others and doesn't need help. When I asked where she learned this, she stopped and thought about it. It was just something she believed. And as we kept exploring, it became clear that she received those messages from her own upbringing and what she was taught about the role of a good wife, loving mother, and devoted daughter. Gina and I started talking about exactly what was holding her back. In my work, I hear a lot of reasons why things can't or won't work. I want to, but I can't. I could never do that. It won't happen, so why try? Nobody understands, and I can't figure out how to tell them. There are things in life I want so badly, but I know I'll never find them. This is just the way it is, and there's no changing it. I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. It's too late for me. No matter how hard we try, we always end up fighting. No matter how hard I try, I always end up disappointed. It hurts too much. Many of these might sound familiar to you. Maybe you have said them or thought them, or maybe you've heard someone you love say these things. Pick any subject, any relationship, and ask yourself the question, what is holding me back? What is holding me back in my career? What is holding me back in this project or that undertaking? What's holding me back in parenting or in my relationships? What's holding me back from therapy or from self-exploration? 
I want you to ask yourself these questions and then I want you to sit down and journal about it or talk about it into your phone. Maybe have a conversation with someone you trust and really explore what is holding you back. And I would encourage you to do that exercise before you listen to the rest of this podcast. I'm assuming you've done the exercise and you're looking at an area of your life in which you want to proceed forward, but you can't or haven't. I'm guessing that you either have a reason and you're certain you know what's holding your back, or perhaps it's more a feeling than a certainty. Sometimes people have no idea, but they have the feeling. They feel stuck. They feel hopeless. They feel they've tried before and it's never worked. We know COVID has held us back from a lot of things, some of the most important things in our lives. It's a valid reason for many of us, but not for all of us and not for everything. So I encourage you to give yourself grace and credit for enduring this last year and give grace and credit to all of us, especially our children and our elderly. But let's not let COVID be the only answer to our question of what is holding us back. If we do that, we might risk missing something really important. Another aspect of what might be holding you back or keeping you stuck is that according to one study cited by a recent New York Times article, even though almost 95% of people believe they are self-aware, only about 10 to 15% of the people who were studied actually fit the criteria. As a therapist, I know there are a lot of reasons self-awareness can elude us so easily, myself included. As any first-year psychology student can tell you, There are neurological reasons that our brains are simply not always very trustworthy. We very often create narratives to support our particular points of view that are not always or even usually based on facts. We often overestimate our strengths and we tend to believe things that support our worldview or belief system. It's called confirmation bias. The most Self-aware people are those who focus on learning and empowering themselves, those who are not quick to jump to defensiveness and are actually interested in how to improve. There are those who are good at critical thinking and who also ask themselves and trusted others what they could do to improve or to move forward. So many of us don't do this for fear that we will be vulnerable found out not to be the competent people we try to show we are, or fear that we'll be criticized and judged. Besides COVID and our general lack of self-awareness, the other thing that's holding us back is most likely always fear or fear-based. And fear, like love, can look like a lot of different things. Fear can be a result of trauma, depression, anxiety, fear-based belief systems, attitudes, or circumstances. As you do this exercise and examine what is holding you back, look at what you're afraid of as deeply as possible. If you're supporting a loved one and focusing on what is holding them back, I have a few suggestions for you. They're actually great tips in any relationship at any time. When we don't accept someone as they are, when we try to fix their problem or show them where they went wrong or where they could have made a better choice without first validating their experience, We miss the richest part of communication and emotional connection. 
When we don't allow our loved one to express their experience and listen to their perception as they experienced it, not as we might have seen it or what we heard or what we think it might have been, but as they experienced it, we cannot validate or even move to problem solving. This is one of the big areas where emotional connection is missed and it requires just listening. When we are always trying to fix or change or teach or correct, what we're doing is limiting the opportunities for the other person or partner or children to learn. But we are also, as Thomas Merton stated, trying to make this person into a reflection of what we think is right or what we think should happen or who we think they should be. Actually, a reflection of ourselves and what we believe. And boy, do we miss out when we do that. When we are thinking about correcting or fixing or changing or teaching, how can we possibly be listening to their experience? Both cannot happen simultaneously. Almost all of the people I see in my practice and that I know in my personal life really just want to be heard and understood. That's what we all want. To say to another person that something is holding us back, that we are afraid or confused or stuck, is to be vulnerable. When was the last time your partner was completely vulnerable to you or you to them? When you're afraid to be vulnerable to someone, when you're afraid to admit you made a mistake or did something you wish you'd done differently, when you struggle to apologize, it speaks to the relationship. When you're sensing your partner won't admit they're wrong, it could be for several reasons, but one of the possibilities is that they are so insecure and they don't want you to see that vulnerable side because they want to be strong for you. Maybe they have a maladaptive view of what being strong for you means. Maybe they don't want you to see it because you might judge them or worse yet, stop loving them or needing them. Sometimes what holds us back is that we can be too comfortable. Often clients will say they're not looking forward to doing an exercise because it will make them uncomfortable or it might be hard. And almost always, as you might have heard me say, my response is good. Learning is uncomfortable. Discomfort is not injury. Pain is not necessarily injury. The pain and discomfort that we go through in self-exploration is about moving toward growth and moving away from old injuries. Another aspect of people who are self-aware is that they have what we call a growth mindset. This is extremely important when you're working with children, but also for the rest of us. Study after study shows it is not a child's intelligence that propels them in life, but it is their belief in their intelligence and their belief in the ability to grow and change and learn. That's the danger of pigeonholing a child with an IQ score. Not only are IQ tests and scores culturally weighted and imbalanced, they can also trap a child. And if we've learned anything in the last few decades, it's that the brain has a plasticity to change and learn and grow, even into our senior years. Gina realized she was afraid of letting go of some of the responsibilities and sharing with her husband. She was also afraid of not living up to the expectations and the ideals she had in her head and that she thought others had as well. Through many conversations with families, she realized this expectation was of her own perpetuation. 
She started with the full support of her husband and family to carve out a little time to pursue her passion and schedule a little self-care. She's still overwhelmed sometimes, but she said, having my dream back, not being afraid, feeling supported, it just feels different. Not less tiring, but less exhausting, if that makes sense. I think that it does. Exploring what is keeping you stuck or what you feel is holding you back, possibly rigid thinking and childhood fears and maladaptive belief systems and coping skills that at one time served a purpose but are no longer needed is not only an excellent way to explore yourself but also can be very healing and enriching when done in relationship. Have a week filled with meaning and love.